Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. The drama has gotten elevated quite a bit in the Warrior Spurs series. The Spurs came out and got up 25 points, 23 points in the third quarter was their lead. And then Kawhi Leonard got injured, came down on Zaza's foot as he closed out on a jumper. Was it or was it not a dirty play? Well, Greg Popovich has seen it all, and he decided in his press conference yesterday to take this series to a different level, and this is what he said. The play where he took Kawhi down and locked his arm in Dallas and could have broken his arm. Ask David West, his current teammate, how things went when Jaja was playing for Dallas and he and David got into it. And then think about the history he's had and what that means to a team, what happened last night. Totally unnatural closeout that the league has outlawed years ago and pays great attention to it. And Kawhi's not there. And you want to know how we feel about it. You want to know if that lessens our chances or not. If he would have played and they'd have ended up winning, I'd go get dinner, have a glass of wine, wake up the next day, go to practice, and move on. But this is crap. And because he's got this history, it can't just be, oh, it was inadvertent. He didn't. He didn't have intent. Who gives a damn about what his intent was? You ever hear of manslaughter? You still go to jail, I think, when you're texting and you end up killing somebody. But you might not have intended to do that. All I care is what I saw. All I care about is what, I, what happened. And the history there exacerbates the whole situation and makes me very, very angry. Now, Greg Popovich gets the right to basically say anything in the NBA because he's considered royalty, the best coach in the league, and very few people in the media and the NBA will actually call him out when he says something like this. But I saw this, and I thought it was fascinating. This was back in 2006. Greg Popovich, 11 years ago, after the NBA warned Bruce Bowen, who a lot of you will remember as a guy who did chronically exactly what 
Greg Popovich is complaining about right now, stepping under jump shooters. Here is direct. Here are direct quotes from Greg Popovich from back then. Popovich said Bowen's being singled out, citing incidents uh, of other teams doing the same things. Did the league call them, Popovich said. Did they call all those guys Dirk Nowitzki landed on when he sprained his ankle the past three, four years? The answer is no. So why did they call Bruce? Because it's happened to him twice? Bruce guards an all-star every night. If he was doing what they're accusing him of doing, wouldn't it have happened a higher percentage of times? The people who cry about it are just frustrated about having to go against Bruce. And then he went on to say, the league is just trying to cover its ass. I told Bruce, you be Bruce Bowen. You're the best effing defender in this league. You will not change the way you play defense. And then he continued about the NBA. Stu Jackson is not going to change my team just because he thinks he's doing the right thing. Is that anything other than absolute naked hypocrisy by Greg Popovich, a.k.a. President Snow, right here railing against exactly what he defended Bruce Bowen for 11 years ago? Isn't this just a case of a coach who understands that his team is in trouble, trying to latch on to any possible, any possible way for his team to pull off the upset, being frustrated. Look, I understand why he's frustrated. His best player is injured. But I personally did not think that what Zaza did deserved to be compared to manslaughter. Now, if Popovich had said, look, I think it's negligent the way that he closes out, that he's going up underneath players, and as a result, you're not looking at the way that you are, you know, when you come down after a jump shot, you're naturally following your shot, not worried about where your feet are going to land, that it's considered unnatural that you close out and end up with your feet underneath a player. I, I understand the argument that it's negligent. We'll play you Charles, Charles Barkley in a minute, but I want to bring in the crew. You just heard Popovich complain about Zaza. You just heard me going back and finding him quotes about Bruce Bowen, it seems to me that he's complaining about exactly what he defended Bowen for doing. Is it not total hypocrisy to compare those two quotes from Greg Popovich? And now, let me, before I go to my crew and, and go around the horn here, let me also say this. I don't blame Popovich for making these arguments, right? He is an advocate, and oftentimes advocates end up in hypocritical positions. It was best for Popovich to defend Bruce Bowen back in 2006 because his player was accused of doing exactly what he's accusing Zaza of doing. If he had been the head coach of Dirk Nowitzki, I'm sure that he would have ripped Bruce Bowen. But when you're an advocate on the one hand for aggressive defensive play like Bruce Bowen doing the exact same thing that he's now accusing Zaza of, it doesn't mean that I then am going to buy you, when you come to me and how on the opposite side now saying, oh, Zaza's behavior is so unacceptable, I'm not then going to give you a pass. I'm not then going to say, yeah, you know what? In the grand scheme of things, Popovich is right. No, because he was going to do whatever is best for his team, regardless of which side of the argument he ends up on. If he had had Bruce Bowen be on the other side and he had Zaza right now, I think he'd be defending him. Now, I don't know if Mike Brown's going to come out aggressively anywhere near this and defend Zaza because I do think it probably is going to create 
more bad blood, more ill will, put more onus on the officials to try and figure out exactly what the the storyline will be in game two tonight. But let's go around the horn, bring in Jason Martin. Jason, is this not hypocritical of Popovich to say the exact opposite now of what he said about Bruce Bowen? Yeah, it's definitely hypocritical in terms of, I mean, Bruce Bowen was notoriously one of the dirtiest players in the league. Like, unlike Zaza, I don't think Zaza is necessarily a dirty player. Uh, I did think Bruce Bowen was a dirty player, and I listened to player after player, coach after coach, uh, expert after expert back it up and watch film. Um, I think that Popovich in this situation is trying to tell his team. Now, I, I do think he was mad, and I think he legitimately should have been because that was not a natural closeout, and I agree uh, with that part of the argument. But I think he was trying to tell his team, you see that? Everybody's talking about what the Warriors are going to be able to do. The Warriors can't even beat you. They had to take out Kawhi Leonard to win this game. I feel like this was a one of those moments where he was speaking to his own locker room. Sure, he's going to take the brunt, and there are going to be people that are going to kill him today, and there are going to be people that agree with him today. But I think he was trying to spur on his team, no pun intended, to where this game gets more physical tonight, perhaps, where they play with a little bit more of an edge than they would otherwise because he knows in his heart of hearts that certainly without the services of Kawhi Leonard, they're not going to be able to win this series. But he wants to try and inspire his kids, to inspire the young men that he does have out there to do the best that they can uh, in this series. So I think that there was some calculated... Uh, point behind what he did but in terms of the hypocrisy question yes it's absolutely hypocritical because your quote directly relates to the same kind of thing that he just exploded about Zaza Pachulia uh in you know in the situation happening game one so yeah I would I would agree it's definitely hypocritical and it makes me not be willing to accept Popovich's crocodile tears here. Danny G and Robert are you guys with me that it's a totally hypocritical I mean again that quote that I read you about Bruce Bowen was from 2006. And I'm not blaming a coach because a lot of times as a coach, you end up in hypocritical situations, right? You end up having to defend somebody for something that if they were on your team, you would rip them for, right? Or vice versa. It's all about finding ways to win. And so I think Popovich is doing whatever he thinks is best for his team to win. But I feel like a lot of people out in the media are covering Greg Popovich's statements as if he's an unbiased, involved party here. And the truth of the matter is he's not. He's an advocate. He's going to advocate for his player just like if he had Zaza, he would. I thought it was interesting that he pulled in David West and was like, ask David West. He's on his own team. Uh, What do you guys think? Is this uh, Danny G and Robert out in L.A.? Is this evidence of Greg Popovich being a total hypocrite? Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, just to piggyback a little bit on what um, Jason said, another thing I think he's trying to do is he's trying to, you know, call attention to the officials and say, hey, these are little things that he's doing because he knows one of the only, if the only advantage his team has in this series is their size inside. And if Zaza's really the only big man they have that's kind of serviceable at the moment, if you can you know, get him in foul trouble or get the refs kind of keeping an extra eye on him and some of the little things that he's doing, that's you know going to help them you know, a little bit. They're not going to win the series, but it's calculated. It's fine. Uh David West said in response to these comments, I mean, Zaza is my teammate. He plays hard. He's just trying to win. That's as far as it's going to go. Just playing hard, man. He's an aggressive guy. That's who he is. That's who he's always been. I mean, I I think that's a fairly interesting. I mean, it's not like 
when's the last time somebody said, you know what, my teammate's a dirty bastard? <laughs> you know, I don't ever remember. It's it's almost like locker room rules. Can you guys remember anybody? Because I can't. I can't remember anybody ever coming out and saying, especially in the playoffs when it's highly competitive, God forbid it's even the you know the Western or the Eastern Conference Finals, and saying like about Dennis Rodman, for instance. Yeah, you know what? Dennis Rodman's a really dirty dude. I don't remember a Spurs player ever coming out and saying, you know what? Bruce Bowen really upsets me. I don't, I don't enjoy him being on the team. I mean, you just wouldn't say those kind of things about a teammate. Well, was it dirty or not has been a big debate. I watched this play. I'm going to be honest with you. I watched this play a ton of different times, and I understand where the argument that he is dirty is coming from, but I just I, I don't see it on this play. And I understand Greg Popovich saying that it's like manslaughter. I mean, it's a really ridiculous argument to argue that it's like manslaughter, but what he's trying to argue is that you can be guilty of a crime even though you don't have the intent to commit a crime based on just negligent behavior, right? And so he's arguing that Zaza, the way he closes out, is evidence of negligent behavior, which is the equivalent of somebody getting charged with manslaughter because they hit somebody while they're texting while driving, right? It's a negligent behind-the-wheel behavior. You're doing something that could lead to an issue, even though, and this is why people text behind the wheel, the vast majority of the time that you text behind the wheel, nothing bad happens, but it could happen. It's more likely to happen because of the decisions that you're making. Well, Charles Barkley went off. Charles Barkley went off last night on TNT and said it was a dirty play, and this is what Barkley had to say. Let me say this. I'm hesitant to call a person dirty unless they have a a history. Greg Popovich seems to think he does. Uh, I I don't know enough. I don't remember all the things Zaza's done. Um, So I'm going to preface my statement with that. But we do know there are other NBA players who have admitted it, that they do that. It is a dirty play uh, to do that. I played with a guy who did that, and it was a dirty play. And I've heard other guys on other networks say, I did this, and it's, it's, it's a dirty play. Uh, but like I say, uh, I don't want to call a guy dirty unless I have proof or he has a track record. But let me say this. It is a dirty play, Ernie. So running underneath, I want to get your calls on this. I'm actually fascinated by whether or not you guys believe it's a dirty play. 877-996-6369 is the phone number. We'll also come back and I'll poll the crew about whether or not they think it's a dirty play. I don't think it's a dirty play. All right, I think that his intent when he does that is to play through the extremes of basketball. Right, He's a guy who's an edge guy. He's a guy who's not going to stand out athletically. This is typically who we see make plays like this, guys who are edge guys. And so I think he, in his mind, is believing that he's doing everything to get every ounce of ability out of his body. I don't think he's trying to injure Kawhi Leonard. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis, weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Tonight, uh, the NHL is also continuing its uh, Eastern and Western Conference series. In particular, the Western Conference series is continuing. And the Nashville Predators will be hosting the Anaheim Ducks, not the Mighty Ducks. We found out yesterday the Mighty Ducks don't exist anyway. A lot of us did on this show. And this is maybe the most ridiculous story I have seen associated with the NHL or maybe the playoffs in general, NHL or NBA so far. So it's not a surprise that before every hockey game you have somebody come out and sing the national anthem. What may be a surprise, at least for some of you, 
is that the Nashville Predators, uh, located as they are in Music City, have a roster of pretty incredible acts that they can call on to come out and sing the national anthem. And in particular, in their series against the Chicago Blackhawks and now in their series also against the St. Louis Blues, the Predators, for their home hockey games, have brought out Carrie Underwood, who happens to be married to the team captain, Mike Fisher. They have brought out Lady Annabellum. They have brought out uh, Luke Bryan. And uh, they have also brought out uh, Rascal Flats. I think. Is that right? Or Little Big Town. Little Big Town. Some, anyway, and Vince Gill. Lots of big names. They've had five home playoff games, I believe. And they have had five celebrities come out and sing the national anthem. Well, this is flying in the face of some guy named Dennis Morgan, who is otherwise the national anthem singer. He does all the national anthems for the Nashville Predators, and he is now upset that celebrities are getting to sing the national anthem instead of him. I'm not making this story up. This story came out last night, and again, these are quotes from this guy. I'm not going to hide my disappointment that I've been asked the same question over and over. It's just really getting old. Everywhere I go, obviously at my day job, he's a healthcare IT recruiting manager, and at the arena, as well as everywhere else I go, church, grocery stores, on the street, in meetings, in restaurants, people want to know how I feel. Now, first of all, no, they don't, okay? Nobody out there is like, I wonder how the guy who used to sing the national anthem feels about being replaced by Carrie Underwood, Lady Annabellum, Little Big Town, and Luke Bryan, right? Nobody thinks that. Everybody is like, yeah, of course you got replaced. Those people are famous and celebrities, and people pay hundreds if not thousands of dollars to see them perform in concert. It's a tremendous boon for the city to put them on television and also for the 17,000-some-odd people who go to watch the game play in person. In the playoffs, it's kind of exciting to be in the crowd. I may be there Thursday to watch the game against Anaheim. Kind of exciting to see which celebrity is going to come out and sing, as opposed to the dude who shows up and sings every game during the regular season. Let's continue these quotes. I felt like people were asking me about not singing the national anthem more than they were honoring the retiree, and that felt really, really bad. He said he attended a retirement party last Saturday and unintentionally stole the spotlight because of the issue. Now, look, this is not people actually caring about you not singing to the extent that they are bringing it up with you at all. And I feel like I need to give this Predator uh, national anthem singer a dose of reality. They are asking you out of niceness, right? Probably back in the day, Wally Pipp's family, when he got replaced by Lou Gehrig, I bet they went up to Wally Pipp all the time and they said, you know what, Wally Pipp, you should be in the game instead of Lou Gehrig. I think it stunk that you missed one game and the Iron Horse came in and he replaced you. Wally, we think you were better than Lou Gehrig. That's what friends and family do. They tell you lies to make you feel better about yourself. I guarantee you back in the day, Wally Pipp, if he had gotten interviewed, would have gone out and said, you know what, I'm going around everywhere. And people are saying to me, why is that Lou Gehrig guy taking your spot? I think you were better than Lou Gehrig. Guess what, Wally Pipp? It wasn't actually true. They liked you more than they liked Lou Gehrig because they're friends and family. He continues with these ridiculous quotes. The most important part of a Stanley Cup run is not what happens in pregame ceremonies. Well, good point, buddy. 
but rather what happens on the ice. I will address any disappointment I have with the Predators' decision, hopefully after a Stanley Cup parade. Dude, you just addressed your disappointment with the Predators' decision, and the Stanley Cup run is not over. You just contradicted yourself, Greg Popovich style, right in the middle of this story. Again, this is one of the most absurd stories I have seen so far. He continues, I don't blame Carrie Underwood or Luke Bryan or any of the other acts who have performed. I've been as good-natured as I can be. With my closest friends, I've certainly shared my disappointment. But most of the time, I'll toe the company line. By going and talking? And then he continues... Uh, Asked whether he will continue performing the national anthem, he says, I'll have to do some soul-searching over the summer because it has been kind of insulting. When it first happened, I said, whatever. This is an insane story. Now it's been six weeks, and I've had a whole lot more time to think about it. I would love to make it two more seasons. That's kind of a dream of mine. Is this guy the biggest pussy willow in sports right now, this Predator's national anthem singer who's being upstaged by bigger names. This is how music works. This is how life works. If you are on the stage at a crappy bar and suddenly a celebrity comes in and says, you know what, I'd like to take the stage and sing. You okay with that? You know what happens? The celebrity comes on and takes the stage and sings. Let's go around the horn right now. Is this guy the biggest pussy willow in sports right now, this Predators national anthem singer who is upset that more famous people are getting to sing the national anthem instead of him? Jason Martin. Uh, This story just boggles my mind. Like, if you play the second baseman, or if you're the second baseman for the New York Yankees and they draft a second baseman and he's better than you, then he's probably going to get in the game and you're probably not going to be there. It's nice that you get to sing. I didn't know this dude's name until yesterday. Now, unfortunately, I do. This guy got bumped for bigger talent. Like, when you go, the whole Matt Damon thing on Jimmy Kimmel. Like, that's a joke. But there are guests that get bumped off of talk shows because something goes better than you expect. Even on this radio show, we'll have something planned and we'll bump it for something better. Like, you live in Nashville, dude. You live in the music mecca, I would argue, of the entire world or certainly the entire country. There are people, like, you. I could go outside and throw a quarter and I'll hit somebody that can probably sing as good as that guy. Like, even guys on the street, like, no names out of absolutely nowhere that can do thousands this. Like, you got Vince Gill, you got thousands all these people of people here. come to Nashville to, like, just like people go to L.A. to try to make it as actors. Thousands of people, and probably every year, come to Nashville with the idea of, I'm going to become a country music star. I'm the best at singing or whatever it is i'm the best at playing the fiddle i'm the best at playing the drums wherever you are whatever your musical talent is there are dozens if not thousands of people just as good as you that have rolled into this town trying to make a living and you know what happens it's survival of the fittest right it's a meritocracy just like sports i mean that's why i use the wally pip example you know wally pip got replaced by lou gehrig i'm sure that wally pip's family was still saying you know what that lou gehrig guy didn't deserve to get your job And if you quoted him and he had quoted them, like he's going to some retirement ceremony and everybody's talking about how he's not singing the national anthem, I guarantee you in a stadium arena of 17,000 people, there's like 10 that even think about this guy getting usurped when Carrie Underwood and her perfect legs walk out onto the ice to sing the national anthem. 
right? I mean, there's yeah. not. This is one of the most. And then he says he's not. He'll address it later. And then he decides to go public with his criticisms over the fact that he's being usurped. And how dare you say you're going to soul search? Are you kidding me, bro? <laughs> like, please, like, I-, I tweeted this last night, Clay, but. What we need to see is Carl Lewis needs to be asked to sing the national anthem tonight. One of the worst just to of all send a time. Message. Just to send a message. And then that guy needs to get pink slipped. Like, He's this he guy's said. got to go, like, now. I'll have to do some soul searching over the summer because it has been kind of insulting. Good Lord. Soul searching? Shut the hell up. I would fire him right then and, the, right then and there. If I were in charge of this, this guy's contract, I'd be like, what, first of all, what do they pay the guy to do the national anthem every day? A hundred bucks? If they pay him that, that's an overreach because in this city, you literally could have 1,000 people show up who want to sing the national anthem before a Preds game, all right? This guy is not I, I, he's not Pavarotti. Like, I don't even know who the heck this guy is. So the idea that you wouldn't try to get a celebrity for the playoffs is, like, what do you want the Preds to do? Keep trotting out the same loser that nobody knows? Or do you want to go get some of the most famous recording artists in the entire country and the world, to be frank, to come out onto the ice and sing the national anthem. Danny G and Robert, you guys are in L.A. Anaheim's playing against the Predators here. Is this as absurd of a story to you as it is to us? It totally is. But, you know, if I'm the club, I I could have just uh, smoothed the situation over by getting the guy a spray tan and a sparkly shirt, and I would have walked him out with Lady Annabellum, and he could have been like the fifth member. Would anyone have known? Could have harmonized with him. Here's what he should do. He should get to do the Pledge of Allegiance. If you want to get, just add the Pledge of Allegiance to the before the uh, before the hockey arena uh, events, all right? You got the, the anthem singers, and then you got this loser guy who's having to do his soul searching, and he can do the Pledge of Allegiance. I think that would actually be pretty funny. Or, unfortunately for them, and let's say Ottawa manages to pull off the upset over the Penguins and ends up advancing, you could have this guy sing the Canadian National Anthem. Right, It just worked out that you've been playing two American teams. You could have played a Canadian team, and then you have to sing both national anthems, and then you could have had this guy sing the Canadian national anthem. Bang, it's all solved. I, I, I Again, one of the most ridiculous quotes I have heard in the playoff season is, I'll have to do some soul-searching over the summer because it's been kind of insulting. Please just, like, uh, tell this guy that he can come out and sing with whoever it is. Like, you get Kenny Chesney or whoever And just it is. leave his mic off. And then turn his mic off. <laughs> yeah. Like, turn it on, and then as soon as everybody's like, welcome, Dennis, blah, 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 and Kenny Chesney. And then all you hear is Kenny Chesney, and he's standing there holding that like a phallus in his hand. I want this guy humiliated. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There's a whole lot of bad things going on in this world. My man's soul-searching because he was upstaged by celebrities. Go the hell home, bro. See if and you by can the way, do that in church or wherever else it is that you sing. Isn't the national anthem supposed to be the thing that you don't like make about yourself? I understand that when people come out, they do their rendition of the national anthem. But of all the things to complain about, you are there to sing the national anthem not because of your incredible talent at singing, but because we do the national anthem to honor the country. Now, you can get into whether or not it makes sense to sing it before sporting events, but it, by very definition, is not about you, right? Like the national anthem. Now, I understand, look, when you bring out a celebrity, it gets more attention, but the reason why it's going on is not because of the person, right? It's because of the song, because of the anthem. So he's making the singing of the national anthem entirely about him. And I, he went public with his criticism which is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Is there anybody out there in America right now? This is a tough argument. Is there anybody else out? Is there anybody out there in America right now who can defend 
the Preds anthem singer being a bitch, being a pussy willow here, being the worst person in American sports today. Is there anybody out there who can defend this dude? 877-996-6369, your opportunity, or you can ridicule this guy and come up with other suggestions for what the Preds should do to him over his being upset that super celebrities, again, we're talking about, it's not like he's getting replaced by mediocre guys that nobody knows. We're talking about Carrie Underwood, Luke Bryan, Lady Annabellum, Little Big Town, Vince Gill. These are Grammy-winning artists who are showing up for free to sing the national anthem for the NHL. It's a pretty cool tradition, and this guy is going to be a total. This is the, one of the most ridiculous controversies I've ever heard involving the national anthem. In fact, I might consider this guy to be more annoying than Colin Kaepernick and his protest. Is that going too far? Have I extended that too far here? I, I'm going to tell you why I think that. Because at least Colin Kaepernick is protesting something, right? He's protesting something that the government is doing. This guy is, and, and or not doing. Now, I disagree with Colin Kaepernick. I think he's an idiot. I think he deserves not to be employed because his problems exceed his talents, all those things. And by the way, the Seahawks are considering Colin Kaepernick. And we're going to talk with Alex Marvez next segment about whether or not he thinks that they'll actually sign him. Remember, I've said on this show for a while, I could see how he could make sense in Seattle. Colin Kaepernick, that is. But at least Colin Kaepernick is protesting something the federal government is involved in. This guy is protesting not being able to sing the national anthem because he's not famous enough compared to the other people who get to sing the national anthem. There's not a single person that's not related to this loser in the arena who's like, you know who I want to sing the national anthem? Between Carrie Underwood and this guy, this loser, whatever he is, we'll just call him Pussy Willow for short, P-Dub. This P-Dub, why would you even let him sing? I would fire him right now. People say, oh, Clay, you know, like you're too much of a jerk, whatever. No, like I think you have to nip pussy willows in the bud the minute they reveal themselves. And I, re- I would read this story, and I would immediately call this dude in, and I would fire him. And you know what I would do? I would put it live on Periscope and Facebook. And if people say, what's mean? Be like, hey, I'm not running a charity here. I'm trying to win a championship. We're trying to win a Stanley Cup. And if the guy who wants to sing the national anthem is going to be a total pussy willow, total P-dub, then I gotta let him. I gotta let him go. No point whatsoever in him continuing to be affiliated with my franchise. You got to do soul searching over the fact that you got replaced by Carrie Underwood. Is Wally Pip out there soul searching over the fact that he got placed by Lou Gehrig. Is he still haunting the old Yankee Stadium grounds, walking around wondering what would have happened if he hadn't gotten replaced on that day he took off? Might be. Might be still angry. Might be still out there talking to random old ghost reporters. Talking about how everywhere he goes in New York, people are coming up to him saying, you know what? I don't know why that Lou Gehrig guy's getting to play anyway. You're better than him, Wally Pip. Don't ever use quotes like that. The guy said that he took over a retirement ceremony because all anybody wanted to talk about was him not singing the national anthem. That's the biggest lie I've ever heard. Maybe the biggest lie I've ever heard. And we've got Donald Trump as president right now. And he ran against Hillary Clinton. We just had the 2016 presidential election featuring the two biggest liars of all time. This guy, this P-Dub, this Pussy Willow announcer, biggest liar of all time. Jason Martin. It was, it was real easy. He walked up to people he knew, and he said, don't you think it's BS that we've got all these country singers, and I've done this all season long, and I've killed myself, and I've worked my voice out and done all this kind of stuff, and now they're going to push me to the side. Don't you think that's crap? And his friends were probably like, 
Yeah, man, that, that uh, that's a, that's a problem. I don't and even know that he that, needed he just, to bring yeah, I told it up. You. I think that people are just nice, and they came up to him and they said, "Hey, what's it like getting replaced by Carrie Underwood or Little Big Town or Lady Annabellum or Luke Bryan, these artists who have sold millions of records?" And he's like, "Man, it sucks. I can't believe they're replacing me." And then because they're your friends, they tell you something nice. To make like this guy's lack of self awareness is incredibly strange. Like he thinks that he's a center of the attraction compared to these famous artists. I would again, I would call him in and I would fire him live on Periscope or Facebook. And if he complained, I'd be like, dude, here we're going to give you three thousand dollars. That's how much your performances are worth. You over would the hard knocks him. Hard knocks him. You would just say, like, I'd, bring I'd, your playbook? Bring your playbook. Bring your bring your national anthem, your laminated national anthem, and just turn it into me. You're done here. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We bring in now Alex Marvez. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. He joins us every single Tuesday, bottom of the hour, to talk NFL. Alex, we start with as the Kaepernick turns. Do you think there's a chance that he is going to end up with Seattle, and how likely do you think that chance is? Well, I mean, I think there's a very good chance. And, and, you know, because reality is last year, Clay, no team, and I'm not exaggerating here, in NFL history got by on the cheap at the backup quarterback position more so than the Seattle Seahawks. When you put in the cost of inflation, et cetera, they had an undrafted college free agent who probably got about $27.56 to sign <laughs> as their backup quarterback. They rolled the dice, and, and they didn't bring back Tavares Jackson. They didn't make a move for any other players. So that's how they did it, because they had salary cap issues. Hey, look, it was a gamble that paid off for them, right? Cleared up a couple million dollars that they could, they could pay one of their star players. So this leads into this. How much are you willing to pay for a backup quarterback if you've never really valued spending money on that position ever since Russell Wilson emerged as your starter? So Colin has to decide whether that's something he wants to play for. Uh, You know, then you ask Robert Griffin III, are they playing these two quarterbacks off against each other? Where, you know, and the Seahawks are looking at this as a business. Just take the politics out of it. But if RG3 is willing to play for a certain price and you consider him to be equal to Colin Kaepernick as a backup player, how does that work? You know what I mean? So you got to consider that as well. Of course, you have to look at all the off-field things, too. Look, first things first. I think as soon as Colin Kaepernick stands for the national anthem, Clay, I think, and and you know media better than anybody, I think the media moves on to another sideshow. You know, until Colin says something that might be inflammatory, and who's to say that he will or won't? You know, in today's politically charged world, there's going to be certain things that come up that Colin's going to want to take a stance about. And I imagine he's not going to he's not going to tell the Seahawks, I'm going to stay off Twitter till the end of the season. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But if you follow his Twitter account, you have a lot of things being retweeted here. One of them, uh, you know, I don't trust the president. I don't trust the FBI. I don't trust the CIA. You know, things like this that may sit well with one segment of the fan base, maybe not so well with other segments of the fan base. And let's not forget that, that the Seattle area, a lot of military folks who may not be happy with Colin Kaepernick. And, of course, you know, you've got pigs and police, those socks that Colin Kaepernick used to wear. Not sure how welcoming the law enforcement community may be toward him as well. Look, there is going to be a segment of the Seahawks fan base that isn't going to be into this. There's probably going to be players in the locker room who are now going to be subjected to all of the things that would come with Colin Kaepernick joining their team not all of these things are bad you look at what he's done as far as clay to me as far as you know helping people 
this offseason, putting his money where his mouth is, holding a camp, explaining, you know, rights to, to young folks who may have those rights trampled by law enforcement. I mean, things like this are, are things that I think can be very positive in the community, but there's a lot to overcome here. I think the biggest thing of all, though, that the Seahawks have to ask themselves, if Colin Kaepernick is called upon to help this team win, can he do that? I mean, Clay, because think about this, too. We have this incredible narrative now of Colin Kaepernick that the media has made up, right? A lot of folks have flipped on this and not not flipped necessarily, but created this, you know, Colin is a saint and an angel and all this. And that's great. But if the guy can't play, you know how many people are jumping off that bandwagon, right? I mean, then it just becomes go away. We could talk about Muhammad Ali and social activism and, and people like this. But if you can't play. I think in today's society, people aren't going to care or they're going to care less about a lot of what Colin Kaepernick's doing. And for him, maybe that's even OK as well. What's fascinating about this story is the Seahawks decide who's going to be their backup is they also tossed out RG3's name. And I haven't heard anybody talking about RG3. In fact, I want to give you this thesis and you tell me if you agree. In the history of free agency in the 21st century, OK, the history of free agency in sports in the 21st century in America, I would argue that these five guys have gotten the most media attention. And this is the order that I would rank them. Number one, LeBron James. Number two, Peyton Manning. Number three, probably Brett Favre. Number four, Kevin Durant. Okay? I would argue that all four of those guys have been the most covered in the history of the 21st century free agency. What do all four of those guys have in common? They're all first ballot Hall of Famers for either the NHL or the NBA. Who's number five? Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I mean, so, and, and what's fascinating about this is RG3 is somewhat similar to Colin Kaepernick, right? If I went back to, let's say, I don't know, five or six years ago, let's say 2011 or 2012, and I said to you, there's going to be a real debate in 2017 over who's going to get the backup quarterback job in Seattle, either RG3, who at that point in time would have been coming off one of the best rookie seasons in the history of the NFL, or Colin Kaepernick, who at that point in time would have been dominant as a San Francisco 49er quarterback, and they both vanished. And to me, what they have in common is they've been exposed as guys who consistently can't make plays from the pocket. And I know every year we talk about how everything's evolving in the NFL, but what seems to remain constant is this, Alex. If you are not able to stand in the pocket and make consistently high you know, complete rate passes – then you don't have a future in the NFL. And it seems to me that even Colin Kaepernick, even the people who want to say he had 16 touchdowns and four interceptions, yeah, but he completed less than 60% of his passes. Same thing with RG3. They just aren't accurate enough in the pocket, and eventually the NFL figures you out if you don't have that bullet in your arsenal. Absolutely. What's happening with Cam Newton in Carolina? As he gets older? And, you know, the mobility begins to wane a little bit or maybe you don't recover as quickly. You know you have to be able to throw out of the pocket. I mean, because if you continue to expose Cam to hits, he'll be out of the league in two, three years, right? And so we'll use him as an example for this as well because you look at what Carolina did now. They're still building around him. So they give him weapons now. Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. They added a, a great wide receiver in the second round out of Ohio State who should be able to help them with the slot. So they're and you know so you're, they're trying to change the complexion of their offense to build around Cam in hopes that he continues to get better as a pocket passer. Is he ever going to be a 70% completion guy? Probably not. But can he get better enough to help this team win again and use his, his running in certain ways without exposing himself all the time to win? Absolutely. I think he could, potentially. Anyway, but you're right about Colin. His game never evolved. Involved. And remember, too, I mean, Colin Kaepernick was the guy. He may have lifted a lot of weights. Where was he in the film room? 
2013 offseason, 2014 offseason, those types of things. I saw a whole lot of socializing from Colin Kaepernick in his life at that time that had nothing to do with the game of football. In the case of RG3, you know, a difficult situation in this. Would he have been the same? Would, how would he have survived had he not suffered that horrific knee injury? But, of course, he was his own worst enemy. Walks into the Shanahan's and says, hey, I, I want to be a pocket passer purely. You know, and, and his thinking was right, Clay, when you, when you talk about it like this. But the way that he handled it and what he was demanding them to do at that point did not sit well with the Shanahan's. They could never really convert him because his skills, his skill set just didn't translate. And they worked and they tried with this guy and it didn't happen. Now, in Seattle, the way they run their offense, you know Russell Wilson often running for his life behind that offensive line. He has become a better pocket passer himself. It's one of the reasons he's going to thrive for years to come. But as a backup player there, I really think that you can have a quarterback with a Colin Kaepernick or RG3 skill set because you're on the move quite a bit in that offense, and they can call plays to take advantage of those strengths. Hopefully for them, that Russell Wilson wouldn't be gone for a long period of time and be able to get back in there. We're talking to Alex Marvez. Alex, I've argued, and you kind of hinted at it earlier, that this Colin Kaepernick story is one of the most overplayed in the history of the NFL, and I think certainly in the history of free agents in the NFL. This is a guy who's not that highly sought after that has turned into the Rosa Parks of the NFL in the mind of many social justice activists. Is there any way to justify the amount of attention that Colin Kaepernick has gotten as a free agent? Well, we're the ones that keep giving him attention, right? I mean, let's be honest here, Clay. We're the ones bringing this up. You know, I, on my show, on Sirius XM NFL Radio, the number of Colin Kaepernick calls equals the number of Robert Griffin III calls, which equals the number of calls of people asking about me and why I'm not their backup quarterback for their team, which is zero. Now, I know that's a different audience, and not a, you know, and I could prime calls and pump it and tease it and all that, but I think that it's become one of these things. That, look, look look what happens in the NFL in the offseason, and we talk about this. We talked about the, the HGH test. By the way, has anyone failed an HGH H test in the past week, Clay? Are, are we there yet? We should have all a that- all the bodies in the NFL are completely natural. In the NBA, too, by the way. Nobody's cheating at all. Exactly. And that's a wink and a nod, by the way. I think everybody's out there using stuff. So you see what I'm saying. So we at this time of the offseason, this is what happens with the media, right? And Colin Kaepernick has become this type of story, much like the concussion issue, much like now the 1972 Miami Dolphins and the stories about how the NFL owes its players a better health care and things like this if they played in the league. You can go back every offseason and look at these types of stories. But what does what is curious about this is and, and just I think it gets frustrating for, for people when they hear NFL teams talk about, you know, why they aren't going to be interested in Colin Kaepernick or saying I only talk about the players on my own team, this and that. Blaine Gabbard is now the, the poster child for the Colin Kaepernick argument, right? The Arizona Cardinals sign a guy who not only has done very little during his NFL career, but also lost his starting job to Colin Kaepernick last year. Yet the Arizona Cardinals are more willing to work with Blaine Gabbard than Colin Kaepernick. I think the best, you know, the, what the NFL would love, much like with Michael Sam, is for a team to sign Colin Kaepernick. Get the heat off of them, you know, and, and so that you could say, oh, well, we've given Colin a chance, and if it works out, great, and if not, well, say la vie, but at least you can't blame the league and its teams uh, for not allowing a player to come in who has a different mindset, a different, a, a different agenda maybe off the field with all of this. So, yeah, but, I mean, look, we're, we're the ones feeding the monster. Play, let's not forget about that as well. I am the monster, Alex Marvez. <laughs> thank you, as always. We will talk to you next week. I knew this was a big deal when you got me on two or three minutes earlier than usual. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote 